Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from themasonictrowel.com and is titled, The Trowel, which is what we'll be looking at in this episode. Operative masons use trowels to spread the cement or mortar which unites the bricks or stones of a building into a common mass. The trowel is the instrument which is used to distribute the bonding material in the proper proportions between the separate building units of a structure. Speculative masons are taught to regard the trowel as the principal tool of a master workman. Its symbolical use is to spread the cement of brotherly love and affection, and it is no mere coincidence that the principal working tool of a master mason is linked to the central purpose which Freemasonry has always proclaimed. Obviously, Freemasons should be concerned with a figurative trowel, a symbol which represents a certain kind of behavior, a mode of conduct which every master mason is charged to practice. In the transfer of ideas involved in such a metaphor, it is clear that the individual brother is being exhorted to become a trowel, which distributes in proper proportion the bonding materials of brotherly love and affection. He is to be a force which helps to unite the divided human units of society into a harmonious structure of civilization. The founders of speculative Freemasonry bequeathed to their followers a book of moral charges, the ancient constitutions mean little if they are not interpreted as such, with the underlying idea being the ancient virtue of humanitas, the ability to express humane feelings, kindness, gentleness, helpfulness, by means of a benevolently disciplined character which has achieved good breeding and culture, and which displays them through brotherly love. The principal object of Freemasonry has always been to perfect the individual and to guide mankind toward a better, more harmonious development. The individual Mason is a builder on the temple of human brotherhood. He is both the trowel and the cement which combine the units of society into a cohesive whole. The brotherly love he extends to others is the trowel. The appreciation and affection he arouses are the cement which helps to bind men closer to each other. Clear as this central purpose seems to be in the ritual of Freemasonry, as well as in the teaching of Masonic thinkers in every generation, one is often led to wonder how many Masons have really understood this fundamental idea of Masonic humanitas. How many brothers consciously use the trowel of brotherly love to spread the cement of appreciation and understanding? Masonic brotherly love is not a mere sentimentality, which one puts on like an apron when one goes to lodge. The trowel of brotherly love cannot be restricted to applying the mortar of goodwill when one is dealing with a brother Mason. Brotherly love is a mode of conduct to which a builder trains his emotions and feelings, for which he learns to subdue his passions, so that his trowel may spread the mortar of harmony among all men with whom he labors, not only brother Masons. Masonic brotherly love is not merely a breezy, cheerful, glad hand which manifests itself in a bubbling demonstrativeness with old and new acquaintances, but rarely has time to look or listen for the sounds of spiritual distress or human need in the hearts and voices of those around us. 
Masonic brotherly love is not generally exemplified by the overpoweringly garrulous salesman who wants to do you a favor. The mortar of brotherly love needs a stronger bonding ingredient than that. The trowel must distribute the cement in better proportions. Masonic brotherly love is not mere courtesy either. To listen politely, to answer respectively, to avoid giving pain may be some of the marks of a gentleman, but they are not always the purposeful acts of a builder who is consciously using the trial of brotherly love and affection. Merely to acknowledge others but not to respond to them is using a thin, watery mortar which will never bond the ashlers together properly. To love others is to accept them, their prejudices as well as their amiable virtues, and to work with what they have and really are. To reject them, no matter how courteously, is still a rejection. An ingredient which is no good builder puts into the mortar he mixes for the temple of brotherly love. Yet, if these negative descriptions represented the chief misunderstandings of the true nature of Freemasonry's great purpose, to spread the cement of brotherly love and affection, they would merit little attention. The great problem of the builder is that of indifference. The number of trowels that are lying idle is staggering. The Tower of Babel overshadows the Tower of Brotherhood. How often we hear people say, Oh, I'd like to do something constructive, something fine, but I'm tied up in so many things. I'm on a treadmill at the office. I've got so many obligations at home. One thing after another comes up in the neighborhood, and I'm called on for help. I'm on the go so much, I just don't have time to think anymore. Masons are people, and many a mason has given a similar response. I just don't have time to think about masonry. And so another trowel lies uselessly in the tool chest, while the grand architect cries for master workmen to mount the scaffolding of the Temple of Universal Brotherhood. The ingredients for the mortar are still packed in the storeroom. There aren't enough builders to mix the cement and carry it away. This is one of the widest held and most dangerous errors of our time, that a man is too busy to do something in accordance with his ideals, to be of help to others. As a matter of fact, the busier a man is, the more numerous are his opportunities to use the trowel of brotherly love and affection. Furthermore, in a willingness to spread the cement of love and understanding lies the surest guarantee of real inner peace and lifelong satisfaction. One doesn't have to accomplish big things, or even to neglect one's duties to achieve those spiritual rewards. It is just such activity, the application of the trowel of brotherly love, which Albert Schweitzer calls the second lesson of life. It stimulates noble and ennobling responses. It awakens dormant and forgotten powers. Unused human capabilities are given meaningful expression. And what this world needs most today are people who concern themselves with the spiritual needs of others. Every man, believes Dr. Schweitzer, can enrich and develop his personality, no matter how busy he may be, by seizing every opportunity to release the spiritual power of love which he possesses. How? by completing the second lesson of life, which to Masons means the faithful and proficient use of the trowel of brotherly love and affection. In a personal anecdote, the great philosopher illustrates what he means. I once sat next to a lovely young man in a third-class railroad compartment. He gave the impression that he was always aware of something not visible to the rest of us in the conditions around him. Opposite him sat a very nervous old man who seemed to be terribly worried. When the young man remarked that it would be dark before the train reached the next town, the old man began to quiver and exclaimed fearfully, I don't know what I'm going to do. My only son is in the hospital there. He's awfully sick. I got a telegram this morning to come as soon as possible, but I'm from the country. I'm afraid I'll get lost in the big city. 
Whereupon the young man said reassuringly, I know the town well. I'll get off with you and take you to your son. I'll catch a later train. And as they got off the train, they walked along the platform like brothers. Most of us go through life with our eyes closed to many of the opportunities which we have for working on the Temple of Universal Brotherhood. Struck by the dazzling structure as designed upon the trestle board, we are blind to the little tasks which lie close at hand. We fail to grasp our trowels to spread the mortar of understanding and goodwill in this situation right before us. And in this indifference may lie one of the greatest causes of the illnesses which are troubling the fraternity today. In a simpler age, when brothers really knew each other and lived with each other's needs and triumphs and tribulations, Masonic charity and benevolence were the concern of almost every builder. He knew how to use the trowel of brotherly love and understanding. But with the tremendous growth in our membership and in the rootlessness of so much of our population today, our Masonic benevolence has become institutionalized and consequently more impersonal. Many a brother has seen a dazzling picture of his Masonic home or hospital, but it was just a vivid picture. It called for no action from his trowel of brotherly love and affection. The trowel is an instrument made use of, but until it is actually employed, it is useless. If the greatest need of our time is for men who understand friendship, morality, and brotherly love, if the greatest danger to modern man is the loss of individuality because of the demands for conformity and obedience to dogma, Freemasons should be especially suited to fill the need and to overcome the danger. But the trowel of every master mason must go to work each day. Just as operative masons use special tools for particular situations, so speculative masons must learn to use specialized trowels for spreading the cement of brotherly love and affection. Operative craftsmen use corner trowels, curbing trowels, guttural trowels, bricking trowels, pointing trowels, each one shaped and fashioned for a particular operation. Speculative master masons must learn to use the specialized trowels of appreciation, admiration, compliment, and congratulation to spread the mortar of mutual esteem which harmonious community life requires. Speculative master masons must learn to use the specialized trowels of forbearance and conciliation to spread the cement of mutual respect and confidence without which democracy cannot function. Speculative master masons must learn to use the specialized trowel of reverence for truth and for the dignity of every individual, no matter how disagreeable either may be, to infuse into public life the essential ingredients of personal freedom. Speculative master masons must learn to use the specialized trowels of kindness and gentleness, of compassion and service to all men, if they would spread the cement of genuine love and understanding. This must be the great objective of Masonic education. If builders are to learn how to use their tools properly, especially the trowel, this must be the fundamental program of Freemasonry, if it is to remain true to the central purpose of its ancient charges and landmarks. Just as an operative workman learns to use each trowel for a particular need or situation, so every master mason needs to learn the uses of the spiritual trowels which symbolize the power of brotherly love and friendship. There is need in every lodge for more Masonic instruction than that contained in the ritual. Every builder should be helped to that realization, so beautifully described by Joseph Fort Newton, which comes to proficient craftsmen who have learned to use the trowel. When is a man a mason? When he knows how to sympathize with men in their sorrows, yea, even in their sins, knowing that each man fights a hard battle against many odds. When no voice of distress reaches his ears in vain, and no hand seeks his aid without response. 
when he finds good in every faith that helps any man to lay hold of divine things and sees majestic meanings in life, whatever the faith may be. When he knows that down in his heart every man is as noble, as vile, as divine, as diabolic, and as lonely as himself, and seeks to know, to forgive, and to love his fellow man. So just to mix it up a little bit, these next two articles both come from the MasonicDictionary.com. Didn't know there was one, did you? Trowel, an implement of operative masonry, which has been adopted by speculative masons as the peculiar working tool of the master's degree. By this implement and its use in operative masonry to spread the cement which binds all the parts of the building into one common mass, we are taught to spread the cement of affection and kindness which unites all the members of the Masonic family, wheresoever dispersed over the globe, into one companionship of brotherly love, and an old custom in an Oxford Lodge, England, gave it prominence as a jewel and as a symbol. It goes back to the practice of the ancient. Today, this implement is considered the appropriate working tool of a master mason, because in operative masonry, while the apprentice is engaged in preparing the rude materials, which require only the gauge and gavel to give them their proper shape, the fellow craft places them in their proper position by means of the plumb level and square, but the master mason alone, having examined their correctness and proved them true and trusty, secures them permanently in their place by spreading, with a trowel, the cement that irrevocably binds them together. The trowel has also been adopted as the jewel of the select master, but its uses in this degree are not symbolical. They are simply connected with the historical legend of the degree. And then on that same page, there is another article, a little bit longer. This one is by Brother Rabbi Eugene Mannheimer of Iowa. The first one did not credit an author. Oh, actually it did. Uh, Mackey's Encyclopedia of Freemasonry. So here's the second article. My Brothers... Mine it is to speak of the trowel, that instrument which, occupying an important position in the work chest of the operative mason, is, as our ritual suggests, the especial tool of the master mason, made use of by operative masons to spread the cement which unites a building into a common mass, but utilized by the free and accepted mason for the more noble purpose of spreading the cement of brotherly love and affection. That cement, which unites us into one sacred band or society of friends, among whom no contention should ever exist, but that noble contention, or rather emulation, of who can best work and best agree. What instrument could be of nobler significance? What implement more glorious inspiration? Through the use of the trowel, spreading the cement, the single bricks and stones, once a chaotic mass, now stand united and solid to form this noble edifice which we dedicate this day to the cause of God and masonry. Through the symbolic service of the Masonic trowel, spreading the cement of brotherly love and affection, we, the individual members, once as separated and chaotic as these stones which house us, are as firmly bound together in a union which dedicates us one for all and all for one. What were this structure which we solemnly consecrate, had not the trowel been honestly wheeled, or if the cement and mortar should fail it? What were our brotherhood without the bond of love and affection to bind us close? And only as long as this bond continues to unite us, only so long will this temple stand a true shrine of masonry and of God. Only so long will our brotherhood be a real brotherhood, worthy of its consecration and its vows. Do we need this lesson? Does this thought require the especial emphasis we would wish to give it? Truly, 
none more. None to which mankind has been more impervious in all times and all ages. Three thousand years ago, on Judea's plain, the prophet of the Lord proclaimed, Behold, it shall come to pass in the latter day that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of the mountains and exalted above all hills. And all nations shall flow unto it, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall there be war any more. For two thousand years, not the one seer alone, but all prophets and ministers of Judaism and Christianity together have united to emphasize the same ideal. They have urged and re-urged the truth on the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of all his children. Out of such conviction they have hoped to bring to dawning the day of universal peace. But look about us today and see the result. Where is the brotherhood, the affection, the peace, the understanding? Do not bigotry, hatred, superstition, ignorance, and jealousy flourish as ever before? Are not differences in creed, color, and birth on the slightest provocation still found meaningless excuse for savagely warring nations, as for many of their supposed superiors in culture? Does not the whole modern world panorama but demonstrate that whatever our lip service to the ideal of God's fatherhood and man's brotherhood, whatever the hymns and prayers that have arisen from our temples, the songs and prayers were not from the heart, but from the lips of man only. As master masons who have taken the obligations of the three degrees, brotherhood is our ideal. We have vowed to eradicate darkness, hatred, superstition, and misunderstanding from our own lives and from out of the world as far as it lay within our power. Recognizing no particular creed within our lodge room, hailing as brothers the followers of all creeds who are worthy of such recognition, we have taught ourselves and we hold before the world the constant example that men of different creeds can stand and work together for a common purpose. Living in a world of discord in which brotherhood, love, sympathy, and justice are all too often nothing more than words, it is urgent beyond expression that we continually re-impress our vows upon our hearts and minds that we may never lose them from our lives. Most urgent of all is it for us to spread their influence as far and wide in the world as our united power will permit, that thus we may do our share to end the reign of bigotry, hatred, and superstition. Thus will we do our part to help hasten the dawning of the day when the glorious brotherhood and peace dream of the prophet shall be realized. As men and masons, we understand that this task is not easy of accomplishment. But as men and masons, we have faith in God, in our fellow man, in ourselves. We know that the attainment of the goal is the sure promise of the morrow. In this faith, we live and labor on. But note this one thing more, my brothers. Those who write our ritual did not harbor the foolish notion that initiation into masonry would, in some mysterious way, in a single moment, through a single act, change the entire nature of the initiate, to make him in a moment the perfect servant of God and man that his obligations require of him. We are not told that as the result of entering the Masonic fraternity, a man must be at once so filled with the spirit of brotherhood that the spirit of false contention can never again find lodgment within his breast. We are told that it should never be again found within him. The demand is made of each of us who comes to this altar to take the obligation that he shall continuously thereafter strive to eradicate from his heart the prejudice, error, and misunderstanding that may have filled him in the past, that at last the moment may come when he is a mason in reality as well as in name. 
but the burden of making ourselves such true masons is placed upon our own shoulders and nowhere else. To us ourselves and to no others the task is assigned. It is these high and noble purposes, my brothers, of which the trowels are here emblematic, these the ideals of which they stand to remind us upon our altar. As we consecrate these trowels anew, to these ideals may we vow renewed fidelity. And one more final article, also from MasonicDictionary.com, on the trowel, by Brother Alfred S. Eichberg, 33rd degree, Georgia. The working tools of a master mason comprise all the tools of the craft, but more especially the trowel. The trowel is used by operative masons to spread the cement which unites the stones of a building into a substantial structure. But we, as free and accepted masons, are taught to use it for the more noble and glorious purpose of spreading the cement of brotherly love, which unites us into one close bond of brotherhood in which no contention can ever exist, except that noble emulation of who best can serve and best agree. But the trowel has in addition a deeper significance. Numerical values receive a special attention in masonry, possibly because mathematics was one of the first sciences to help civilize the human race. Geometry is regarded as chief among the seven liberal arts and sciences. Its initial blazes before you. The 47th problem of Euclid is an important symbol in this degree. The series 3, 5, and 7 occurs frequently among the symbols of masonry, but the number 3 is most frequent. The three great lights, the three lesser lights. Three degrees in the blue lodge, three stations in the lodge, three stages of human life, three knocks, and many other instances, which you will recall. The reason for this prominence is that three is the symbol of stability. Geometry teaches that three points are always in one plane and are always in equilibrium. And this is the philosophic interpretation of the trowel. It presents three points. It is the principal working tool of the Master Mason, not only because it spreads the cement of brotherly love, but also because the close bond of brotherhood so constructed must always be in equilibrium and is firmly founded on stability. But there is yet another reason. The trowel in the hands of the operative Mason is frequently required to remove from the bearing surfaces of the stone such foreign substances as may have become attached to it while it lay among unclean surroundings, and which would interfere with its perfect bonding. The irregular block of stone came out of the quarry, that is, the outer world. It entered the apprentice degree, where by the aid of the common gavel and the twenty-four-inch gauge, it was shaped into a rough ashlar. It was then passed to the fellow crafts, who by use of their working tools made it plumb, square, and level, and fashioned it into a perfect ashlar. However perfect an ashlar it may have been, when it received the commendation of the Grand Master, through contact with the world, it superficially acquired vices and faults, which unfit it for a perfect union. The trowel in this relation may be regarded as referring to the three jewels of the master degree, friendship, morality, and brotherly love, which, when worthily worn, so cleanse and purify that the stone is in every respect fitted to be raised to its permanent place in the walls of the temple of masonry. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.